Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, June 22nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. There's new optimism when it comes to Britain's future relationship with the EU as Boris Johnson and senior ministers try to find areas for compromise. And the economic ripple effect of coronavirus is hitting new oil and gas projects in Senegal. Plus, the mass protests against racial injustice across the United States have brought to light another key issue. That's the role racism has played in perpetuating income inequality. I'll talk to one economic researcher about her proposal for the Federal Reserve to address it. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Between the pandemic and mounting disagreements, negotiations on Britain's future trading relationship with the EU have stalled in the past few months. But there's been a shift in tone recently for the next round of deliberations. In one week from now, the UK and the EU will be sitting down for a month of intense talks. And UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is trying to work on some possible areas for compromise ahead of time. One of those compromises is the idea that Britain would reserve the right to diverge from EU standards on the understanding that it would be hit by tariffs. EU governments will also adopt a statement this week on the next stage of talks. The good news is that there is an upbeat mood going into the next round. Last week, Mr. Johnson held a virtual summit with EU chiefs, and now both sides are talking about less formal negotiations and more of a willingness to do business. Despite the havoc from coronavirus, the UK is still pushing to be completely out of the EU single market and customs union on December 31st this year. And so Brussels is hoping for a deal by the end of October, with the idea that it could take some time to ratify the agreement. Both sides want to have a tariff-free, quota-free trade deal ready for when the transition period ends. And Senegal is being forced to delay its first oil and gas projects by up to two years because of the coronavirus. The country has been relatively successful at containing the virus itself. Official numbers say the total number of deaths is under 100 in a country of nearly 16 million people. But when it comes to the economy, it's a different story. The pandemic's ripple effects have had a devastating impact on business. In an interview with the FT, Senegal's president, Macky Sall, said the country's been hit by low commodity prices and weak international demand, as well as a loss of investor appetite. Growth had been above 6% in recent years, but he predicted a recession if the pandemic continues. And he said there are major oil companies that can no longer meet their production commitments. He said he couldn't name names, but BP, Total, and Cosmos are among them. But the coronavirus has spurred new types of business within the country. Entrepreneurs have switched to producing masks. Companies have also produced cheap ventilators using 3D technology. The president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, Rafael Bostic, published an essay in which he said the U.S. had both a moral and economic imperative to end racism. Here's a clip of him talking on the American radio show Marketplace. You know, we have been working on issues around uh, inclusion for a long time, but the pandemic and its impacts on the economy uh, really fell hard on lower-income folks and people who have not been as well attached to the economy. And that was weighing on us uh, and on me. Sometimes we get caught up in the top-line figures. After all, an unemployment rate of 13.3% in the U.S. and 21 million Americans out of work is pretty eye-catching. But the way specific demographic groups are faring isn't always immediately apparent. A new policy proposal aims to fix that. 
Jared Bernstein, the former economic advisor to Vice President Joe Biden, and Janelle Jones of the progressive economic think tank The Groundwork Collaborative are urging the Federal Reserve to target black unemployment and its monetary policy. I spoke to Janelle about their proposal. We know that black workers are facing an economic crisis of really epic proportions. And this is on top of a crisis where, you know, even during the longest expansion in our history, black workers were still sort of facing very high unemployment rates and low wages and low quality jobs. So it really is, you know, like they didn't really even have time to recover from the last recession. And they're, here they are hit with this pandemic sparked recession that we're currently all facing. Right. And, w- and when we do talk about recovery, once the pandemic is over, why will the road to recovery look different for people of color versus the white population? Yeah, that's a great question. I've done some work in my previous job at Economic Policy Institute looking at what are the drivers of why black workers face worse economic outcomes than white workers? Is it education? Is it where they live? Is it the jobs that they choose? And all of that is not true. Probably not surprising, but you know, we can't actually account for the level of difference in economic outcomes for black workers by these individual behavioral choices, which means that it really comes down to racial discrimination on the parts of systems and structures, organizations and employers. We often want just like one variable to explain it, right? We want to say that like the reason black workers aren't doing well is because most of them live in the south and the south has a different economic system. That's not true. Black economists have been working on this for a generation, and they have proven without a shadow of a doubt that it's not individual Black choices that account for them having worse economic outcomes. It is actually racial discrimination in the labor market. Switching gears a little bit, I want to talk about the Fed. With its dual mandate, it's got to keep an eye on unemployment, and it's got to keep an eye on inflation. You and your co-author argue that the Fed should be targeting unemployment differently. Can you explain why? So yeah, Jared and I have been have been pushing this idea over the last couple of weeks. So the Federal Reserve is targeting usually a 4% natural rate of unemployment. Because of the relationship between unemployment rate overall and the unemployment rate for Black workers, that means that the Federal Reserve is targeting an 8% unemployment rate for Black workers. That is widespread, devastating um, economic hardship for Black workers and not really a measure of success. You know, we don't have to resign black workers to permanently slack labor markets. There's some language in the Federal Reserve Act that can actually be amended to account for looking at racial gaps and not just, you know, documenting the racial gaps, but what is the Federal Reserve doing to actually address them? Under the Federal Reserve's own measure, black workers have actually never experienced full employment. So we think that this is a way to actually, you know, accurately reflect what is happening with the labor market. And because of the way it's set up, you know, if black workers are doing well, if they are experiencing full employment, we can pretty much guarantee that the rest of the economy is doing well. It sounds like at its very core, uh, what the work you're doing is changing the way we think about indicators. Instead of looking at things from the 30,000 foot view and then trying to weed things out into specific parcels, it's, it's looking at the smallest part and extrapolating from that. Am I, am I understanding that correct? Yeah, that's exactly it. I think we have these indicators that we usually use for how the economy is doing. We look at the stock market, we look at the overall unemployment rate. But what does it mean when the unionization rate is very low and declining? What does it mean when the racial wealth gap is increasing? What does it mean when wages have been stagnated for a generation? What are these other measures that center workers of color, black workers? Like, what are these other measures we can use to determine when we have an economy that works for everyone? Um, You know, I think a shrinking racial wage gap, a shrinking unemployment rate ratio, 
uh, median incomes rising. These are all measures that actually reflect how typical everyday workers are doing and give us a much better picture of economic success and health, I think. So, Janelle, what's the response been? How likely is the Fed to adopt this kind of approach? I like to think, I like to be optimistic in this moment. Uh, I, I think there's, you know, this is a once in a generation time where we can make bold proposals and not only have them received, but possibly maybe even acted on. Recently, there was a, a Federal Reserve hearing and we saw some senators, you know, bringing up the issue of like black unemployment, of racial discrimination, you know, asking those questions directly to Chairman Powell and him responding with, I've read this, I've looked at this, I'm thinking about this, which I think, you know, trends in the right direction. I don't, I don't think this is all of it. There's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of people involved in, in the effort to do this thing long term for all of us. But I do think the proposal has been well received and that folks are really thinking about, you know, what can we do at a time where it seems like a lot of things are really out of our control there. You know, this is a concrete policy proposal that will make black lives better, that will make black workers better off. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.